always good to be a dad. It's, it's, it's wonderful. I, I'm going to talk to my dad today and um, wish him a happy Father's Day. And hopefully, like I said, the two girls will call me. And, and you know, it's, it's wonderful just to talk to them, see how they're doing. It's neat to see how God's working in their lives also. And so I want you to, to look at this as we look at Happy Father's Day. We do have gifts back there. How many guys in here like beef jerky? Raise your hand. All right. There's some beef jerky back there. All right. And there's also some trail mix you can get in there. I think there's some chocolate in the trail mix. So when Kathy steals Bernard, he, she can still eat it because it's got chocolate in it. But we've got some stuff in there. You'll enjoy that. Make sure you get that. It's got the mug with our, with our church logo on it. Take that home, drink some coffee, and eat some beef jerky at the same time if you want to. All right. So, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Let's go ahead and stand. And we're going to read a couple verses. Mark chapter 12. I have, when it talk about Father's Day, I want to go over... A couple things with you, and here we go. It's, I don't know if it's working. Is it working? Should be. All right, Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 31 says this. It says, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had an answer them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered, you'll see it up here, answered him, The first of all commandments is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Then he answers the question even further. It says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. The second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Someone asked Jesus what the best commandment was. And fathers, I want, to hear, I want you to hear this. If you follow what Jesus said, it's a great thing. Um, he says, listen, you've got to love the Lord with all your heart. He knows if you do, your mind, your soul, your spirit. He knows that. And we need to make sure that we follow that. It's easy to say, hard to do. And to make it even more practical, what does Jesus say? He says the second one is what? Love thy neighbor as thyself. Now he's hitting this scribe because the scribes were always about themselves. He said, listen, you've got to love not only, you've got to not only love, love the Lord, but you've got to love men also. You've got to love people around you. Can I tell you this, as a father, you better love your children. They're going to they're let you down. How many of you ever had a child let you down? All right, if your children's with you, don't, you don't have to look at them. But, you know, I mean, there's been some things that they have, they have done to let you down. That's what happens in life because we are all sinners. And here we have the story. He tells them this. He's trying to trick Jesus up, and Jesus answers it right, right on the line. He says, this is what you need to do. This is the best commandment. And if Jesus said it, we better follow it. Men, we've got to follow this law. We've got to follow this commandment that he gives us. In the Old Testament, basically the same thing is said when, they, when, when Solomon wraps up his whole life. He writes a book called Ecclesiastes. And he answers, he goes through everything and tries to find happiness in everything. You know, the world's trying to find happiness in money. They're trying to find happiness in relationships. They're trying to find happiness in objects. And can I tell you, all of them are not going to find, you're not going to find happiness in. Things are going to change. You might fall in love with somebody, and guess what? They will change. You still need to love them. Amen? And have I changed through the years? And she's thinking, weight-wise, yes, I have changed through the years. People see my picture when I got, when I got married to her. They'll, they'll never comment about her um, televangelist hairdo back in the, in, the eight, in the 80s, but they'll always look and say, who's that skinny guy with you? And so I think I weighed 175 pounds soaking wet, and when you look at it, you go, who was that? I don't think I could put my whole body in, in, in the suit that I have. I don't even think it would be even close what we had. 
But you know, God, we, we change through, through things, but as we grow, we still need to be the dads that God, God intended us to be. You say, well, I'm a lady in here. Can I say that the same thing that is good for the man is good for the lady? We've got we've to love the whole Lord with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole spirit. And even give us our strength. We've got to love our neighbors as, I, as ourselves. But when it comes to what he wrote, go to Ecclesiastes real quick. And we're going to look um, at this verse. Solomon writes, wrote in, in Ecclesiastes 12, he wrote this. At the very end, he had went through all these things. He had more money. If you want to study somebody that's very interesting, study Solomon. Because you'll find out that the, the, even like technology that he had, the, the water, the, the cisterns, and all the things that he had was way above the time that he should have had it. God gave him the wisdom to figure it out, and he, and he writes this book, and you've got to read the whole book of Ecclesiastes to understand, he, he finds out that everything that he's tried to find happiness is, is vain. Then he writes these last two verses in Ecclesiastes 12, and we looked at these just a couple months ago. It says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Now, fathers out here, this is what the, one of the wisest people ever walked this earth said, that this is the whole duty for you to do. And then the first, th first two words are what? Fear God. How do you fear God? Well, he wraps it up again. He says, For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. He is keeping an accurate record. You hear me say that all the time. He keeps an accurate record on you and I. How many of you ever forgot anything? All right. How many of you ever, how many of you forgot something this morning? Amen. All right. You forgot your beard. Amen. <laughs> he came in today. I said, Who are you? Do I know you? All right. But, you know, as, as, I look, as I look at things, we forget things. God doesn't forget. That's why you've got to fear Him. And it's not a spooky fear, it's just a reverent fear. We've got to understand who He is. And dads, if there's one thing America needs, it's good dads. Be there for your kids. I've seen both sides. I've seen people that are so in tune with their kids, it drives their kids crazy. But then I've seen the other side that they don't even know what their kid's favorite color is or what their favorite food is. We're sitting there eating with our granddaughter this week. We had the hoodlum, amen, praise the Lord, for a whole week. Sitting there eating, and I asked her a question. I said, do you like hot dogs? And she goes, I like hot dogs a little bit. I found out pizza's her favorite food. I said, I want to tell you something. Your mom was raised on hot dogs. We would ask her if she wanted things. We could ask her, would you like a filet mignon or would you like a hot dog? Hot dogs! She'd like hot dogs. Um, we actually have a tattoo of Oscar Mayer on the side of her when she was, when she was little. No, we don't. But as, as we look at this, we see that we all change, amen? And we've got to fear God. Now, Solomon writes this in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Solomon wrote some other books, too. Song of Solomon, he also wrote some in Proverbs. In Proverbs, in 14 different times, he uses those two words again. Fearing God. We're going to just look at those really quick, and I, I want you to see some of the things when it deals with fearing the Lord. It's not, it's not that you've got to sit there and go, I'm going to be punished for everything, because you know what? God gives us a lot of rewards, too. I've seen some of your vehicles. We all drive nice vehicles. I've seen some of the clothes. I've seen some of your homes. We all have nice things. God's going to give you some extra things along the way. But we still need to fear Him. 
He looks at this and he says, listen, I've tried everything and the biggest thing, the final conclusion, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, fear God and keep His commandments. That's the best thing you can do because heaven's going to be a long time. We might as well fear Him now because we're going to live with Him and we're going to, I don't know what language, I've never even thought about that, what language we're going to speak in, England, in, in, in heaven. I don't know. But we're going to be up there, we're going to be singing, we're going to be praising God, it's going to be all about Him and not about us anymore. And praise God, that that sinful nature will be gone at that time. But he's, he's talking to the people and, and he says this, he uses the word fear God tw 14 times. Fearing God, I want to give you two examples of it. Number one, how we process information. We need to think different if we're going to fear God. We just need to think different. We don't need to think like us. You ever thought that you knew what's best and found out you didn't? Growing up... I, I dated one girl and I thought, oh man, it would be great if we got married. And thank God we didn't get married. God had a special one for me and I'm so thankful. And I, and I asked her the other day, I said, um, honey, if something ever happened to you, I don't, think I'd ever, I don't think I'd ever remarry. And she goes, oh, you would. And I said, I don't think anybody could live with me. She said, you might be right. <laughs> so, and you did say that, did you not? Don't you? Okay, all right. And I'm not making that up. That's not preaching. Here we go. You've got to understand how you process information. How we process information. Because when you fear God, you, you process it different. Because God's going God's to direct you through His Word, through preaching, through teaching. You're going to process it different. I love when somebody has something good that happens to them. They say, look what God did for me. Because you're processing that information different. Not only that, it's how we deal with items and situations. I've came to the conclusion a long time ago, nothing is mine. Nothing is mine. Automobiles are not mine. They're God's. I tell people I never bought my girls a, a, a vehicle when they were at home. They never had one. They never sent one to college. Some people say they had to have a, co a car for college. My girls never had it. I told them, I, I've told people that I've never bought them a car. But then I look back and I think, you know what? They always had a car. Because sometimes I'd walk out the house and my car would be gone. I'm sure somewhere along the line they said, can I borrow your car? But I don't remember a lot of times. I remember when my daughter kind of wrecked my car a little bit. Both of them at the same time, praise the Lord. Those cars were not mine, they were God's. My one daughter, she, she does photography on the side. She, she, she does puppies and she, her husband's a police officer and then she does, she does um, photography. We were just talking about this. You know where she got her first camera? She stole it from me. She took my rebel cannon and never gave it back. She just all of a sudden possessions 90% of the law, and it's hers. And now she makes a profession from it and does a real good job at it. My other daughter, if you go out to California, she has a guitar sitting in her, in her um, living room. Her husband plays the piano. He's out at West Coast. He plays the piano for them, and, and he's very musically inclined. She sings real well. But there's a guitar out there that used to be mine. <laughs> now, when I look at things, how we deal with items and situations, when I look at those items, that doesn't bother me at all. I'm glad it's getting used. I'm glad it's going further than what I could have ever taken it. If it was about me and my process was not about fearing God and just understanding what, what items were, I would want those things all back. But since I say they're not mine, it doesn't matter. What about situations? We're all going to be in situations that we need God's help. 
Well, let's look at fearing God, and let's think about this as a father. There's four things you need to understand about fearing God. Number one is knowledge. Where do you get it? You fear God, you, fi you find it in the Scriptures. And I'll, we'll look at that in just a second. Number two is understanding the fear of God. Number three is wisdom from the fear of God. And number four is instruction. Let's go to the first one real quick, and we'll go to this. Let's look at knowledge. And if you're taking notes, write these verses down, because we won't have time to go through all of them. But I want you to look at this. The fear of the Lord is, look at this, the beginning of knowledge. You say, oh, I've arrived, I've arrived, I've arrived. When we think of smart people, we think of Einstein, and we think of these people that, that were big philosophers. But in all actuality, you want me to tell you who, this, who the wise people were? The Bible says, in the beginning of knowledge, is, it says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Then it says in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 5, Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. You have to search it out, and you find it through Scripture. You're not just going to wake up one morning and say, I fear God. No, you're going, to get in, you're going to get the beginning of knowledge through Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, as it said. And the second thing is, we're going to talk about the beginning of wisdom. How many of you would like to be called a wise person? Well, you don't get that from yourself. That's a humanistic view. That's not a biblical view. We get our wisdom, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, again, same man wrote it. He says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. He's talking about the Scriptures again. You've got to get into it. And then the next one is this, it's, it's, it's the instruction of wisdom. Proverbs 15, says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the, of the holy is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Well, why, do you, why should you fear God? There's four aspects why you should fear God. Start, they all start with the letter P. If you're writing some notes down, look at this. The first one, it prolongs life. How many of you want your life prolonged? You say, well, where do you get that from the Scriptures? There's, there's plenty of verses you can find when you do what's right that God will, will bless your life. Remember the one commandment on the father and mother? What does it say? Your days will be long upon the earth. Amen? Did you agree with everything your mother and father told you? Probably not. But now I look back at some of the things they told me and I thought they were dead wrong and they were right. Oh, you know what influences more, more kids than anything? It's not their mother and father. It's called their friends. Watch this little survey real quick. How many of you in here, you've got to be over 50, okay? So that eliminates about 14 of you. Okay, here we go. Let's go over 30. How many of you over 30 still communicate on a regular basis with a friend in high school? Raise your hand. Well, these three went to school together. So there's about six of us, seven of us. And you know what? They're your biggest influence when you're growing up. I'm just concerned about these three ladies back here, okay? They all went to school together. One of them said that they were their teacher. I don't know which one said that. But, you know, we all are influenced by the wrong thing. Look at this. It says prolongs life. It says in Proverbs chapter 10, write that verse down. I'll read it to you. But Proverbs chapter 10 verse 27 says this, The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, 
but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Hmm. It's interesting. We had Bruce Fry here just a couple of months ago, or a month ago. And if you were to look at him and you were to bring Sammy in, <clears throat> his brother, I've met them, I've seen them together. If I were to take a poll and say which one's older, you know which one you'd say? Bruce Fry. Sammy's older than him. You know why Sammy looks better? Because he lived for the Lord longer. Prolonged life. You see it evident in his life. So the first thing fearing the Lord does is prolongs life, Dad. The second thing, it purifies life. Some verses up here that I've written down, write these down. Proverbs 8, 13, 16, 6, and 23, 17. 8, 13 says this, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. It purifies things. It throws the bad things out, brings the good things in. Because when you're fearing God, you understand that. Not only does it do that, go to the next one in, in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 6. It says, By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Here, man, it'll, it'll purge you. You understand that God's watching you. He's keeping an accurate record. It will purge you. It will make you different. I know I use this all the time as an illustration, but I drive different when there's a police officer behind me. And so do you. Most of you, the police officer saying no, but I use my turn signal. I signal way in advance. I look over my blind spot way in advance. I slow down way in advance. We all change. Why? Because someone's watching us. When you have the fear of the Lord, it will purify your life. I've often said this story that there was a girl in my college that, that wanted to get close to the Lord, so she did something that I wouldn't do in certain settings, but she did it. She spent a whole week acting like Jesus was going with her everywhere he went. What do you mean by that? She would hold the door open for him. When she'd sit and eat lunch, she'd pull a chair out. When she would go someplace, she'd open the car door on the side. And I thought, if I were you, I'd let him drive over you, amen? <laughs> she'd shut the door, and she kept doing it. And finally, some people said, what are you doing? She told us. And at the very end, I said, how did it go? And she said, it made me think different. He was physically with me. She wasn't seeing things. She was just saying, when I thought this way, it changed my life. It purifies you. Keep going on the last verse. It says in the last verse, in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 17, if you wrote that down, it says, Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. We get so wrapped up at what everybody has. You ever watched Hollywood? They always seem like they have everything in order, right? But then you see them on the tabloids and everything's messed up. And we're almost shocked when they don't make it. Their marriages don't make it. They're mad at each other. You watch sporting events and you see all these great athletes come out and they have problems just like us. We've got to get back to understanding when I fear God, it purifies me. I don't need to envy what other people have. God has given me exactly what I need. Someone asked me one day, are you, are you sad that you do not have a boy? It upset me at the beginning, but you know what? I'm so thankful for the two girls that I do have. Now I have two son-in-laws. And I don't have to love them as much as I would if they were my sons, amen? <laughs> and I love them, 
But as I look at it, I think, man, I'm so thankful for the two girls. And the two girls I have are polar opposite. And yet they love each other. I am so glad that God's, God's word and fearing God as a father prolongs my life. It purifies my life. The third one is this. It pacifies my life. What do you mean by that? There's two verses in this. It says Proverbs 15, 16 and 19, 23. Proverbs 15, 16 says this. Now watch this. Better is little with the fear of the Lord. You know, we want more and more and more and more. But the Bible says better is little in the fear of the Lord. Have you noticed, I'm going to date myself, but have you noticed that when you go to a restaurant, you get more and more and more food every time you go? I mean, there's a restaurant, and I'm not going to say it is, a hamburger, hamburger place, and you order a hamburger, and they put your french fries in, then they throw a bunch of french fries in the bag. And they want you to eat all those. You know what? They're wanting you to get big so you'll eat more. Amen? And sometimes we think more is better. Can I tell you something? We've got to watch. Because sometimes we always want something better, but as, as we realize what the fear of the Lord is, look at the last part of this verse. It says, Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasures and trouble therewith. Man, you get a lot of stuff. Guess what? There is some trouble with it. My sister... Her and her husband, they're entrepreneurs. They have over 50 rental places. I wouldn't want the headaches for it. I wouldn't want the headaches for it. The Bible also says it pacifies life. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life. He that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. When you're content with where you are, the fear of the Lord will pacify all the needs that I think I, I have. God will take care of your, your needs. Sometimes we want the wants, amen? Sometimes we think if we just had this. How many of you ever said, if I just had this and then you got it, what happened? There's just another thing that if you just had this, it never ends. Never ends. How many of you bought a new computer in the last year? Anybody? Raise your hand if you bought a new computer. How many of you like computers, okay? Raise your hand if you bought a new computer in the last year. You know what? In a year, it's going to be worth nothing. Oh, i got to get this, got to get that. I had a teenager in my truck one day, and my truck is all basic. They were like, how do you roll the window down? They're looking for that little switch. See that little crank right there? You just go like this. If you want to go up, go this way, all right? I said, well, how do you lock it? See that thing on the side? Just push it down. It'll work. Are you kidding me? It has no power locks, power door. It can't break, amen? And I don't want to brag on Alan. My air conditioner wasn't working, so you know what my air conditioner was? It's 50-50. I go 50 miles an hour, and I had the both windows down. It was 50-50, blowing on, on the windows. I'm blowing the air in. Praise the Lord. I drove to church this morning with the windows down. Praise God. It has air conditioner, amen? He said it'd work for three or four days, and it'd be okay, amen? Is that your work job? All right, it's guaranteed for three or four days. But can I, can I tell you something? Sometimes we want more and more and more. We're never happy. That's why the Bible says to be, content, be happy. It talks about being content. And the last one is this. Not only does it prolong life, it purifies life, it pacifies life, and number, the next one, it powers life. When you fear God, you feel like you can conquer anything. Watch this. Noah... Noah had some obstacles to build what he had, but he knew he had to fear God and follow Him so he could do it when no one else would help him other than his sons. Daniel could pray in the, in the, in the lion's den because God, he feared who God was. 
His strength was so, his, his, his spiritual strength was so strong that the king went and asked him when he put him down there, are you going to be okay? What's that about? These lions were there to destroy him, to kill him. He doesn't sleep all night. He comes back in the morning to ask, ask Daniel if he's okay. He just spent the night in the lion's den. You know what? He feared God and it gives him power to overcome. Man, we've got some things in our life. We go, I don't know how we can do it. Can I tell you this? If you fear God, you'll get through it. He'll give you the power that you need. It says this in Proverbs chapter 14. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. I think it's interesting because he didn't say in you it's strong confidence. He says in the fear of the Lord. The wisest man to ever write in the Old Testament was the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. It continues, it says, and his children shall have a place of refuge. Not only when you do this, Dad, you're also helping your kids. We've got to understand what fathers, fathers are all about. And last but not least, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Hopefully you wrote these verses down and looked them up because I'm so thankful the fear of the, life, Lord, fear of the Lord prolongs my life. Men and women out there, it prolongs my life. Secondly, it purifies my life. Gets things in, takes things out. It also pacifies my life, makes me happy and content with where I am. And the last one, it powers my life. You know, sometimes what I feel like I am, how many of you are connected at the hip with your cell phone? You know what I'm constantly doing with my cell phone? Charging it up. And sometimes it just goes all the way down. I love it when people call me and they'll say, I've got 2%. Don't lie to me. You just don't want to talk to me, all right? I've got 2%. I said, honey, I know you don't have 2%. I saw it on the charger. Okay? And she'll say, no, I've only got 2 Click. What was that about? You know, we need this power. 2019, it's Father's Day. You know what we need to do in here, dads and moms and adults in here? We need to do this. Fear God. You fear God, you won't regret it. You say, well, I just got to try this. That's when Solomon wrote, the, the conclusion was what? To fear God and keep His commandments. He had tried everything that you're going to try. And he came to the realization at the very end that he just needed to fear God and keep his commandments. Isn't that a great thing? That God gives us what we need. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Adults in here, I just want you to, I want you to bow your heads. I want you to start praying about some things right now. Do you fear God like you should? Well, you say, I, I've just got some financial problems. Turn them over to the Lord. Fear God. I've got some health issues. Fear, just turn them over to the Lord. Fear God. How do you fear God? You read His Word. You understand what His Word says. And He'll give you the instruction and the wisdom, as we've said. He'll give you the knowledge you need. But when we look at some of the things that, that we've looked at, man, I want my life prolonged. I want to purify my life. I want to pacify my life. I want power in my life. And God has everything for us if we just allow Him to do it. When's the last time you thank God for what he's done? Men, I want to encourage you. If we need something in this church, we need men that will stand up and do what's right. Well, you don't understand what I'm going through. I don't care what you're going through. God is bigger than any problem you have. Just fear him and move forward. Ladies in here, you say, well, I've got this going. I've got this going. Fear God and keep his commandments.